Fantastic. Thank you very much, Bridget, for those readings. It's amazing hearing the Easter story read again and trying to imagine what that first Easter morning would have been like, the kind of surprise, the kind of shock, the kind of unexpected sense it was going on. Would um, children like to come and join me down here? Because uh, I've got a couple of questions for you guys and um, a couple of things I need your help with in a moment. So why don't uh, any of the children come and sit down on the, on the mat here with me? Uh, so the first thing I want to know is, did, um, did anybody get any uh, unexpected surprises this morning? Did, um, any, did anyone get an unexpected surprise this morning? Seth, what was your unexpected surprise this morning? Forced me. Caleb drew pen on me in the middle of the night. Imagine his parents' delight in the morning. Uh, what else happened? Any other unexpected surprises? Seth had a ring and he had water inside and squirted it on my face. Put your hands up if Seth squirted your face this morning. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, so I lose count. Yeah, he's got quite a few other people. So, um, any other surprises happen to anybody? Sarah, what happened to you this morning? Um, Caleb put sellotape over the kitchen tap, and when I turned the tap on, it sprayed me and it completely soaked me. <laughs> My children are delightful, aren't they? Yeah, so today is April Fool's Day. <laughs> today is April Fool's Day. And, uh, and, and if you're not familiar with the tradition of April Fool's Day, the tradition is that you, you get to kind of play tricks on people or maybe try and catch people out with some kind of a surprise, do something unexpected. I think there's a, there's a rule that it stops at midday, isn't there? So not got long to go, so it all stops very soon. But actually, I love April Fool's Day because you get some really funny stories that come out and try to trick you. Um, two that I spotted this morning that I enjoyed at, at uh, 10 past 7 this morning, there was an interview on BBC Radio Manchester with the Bishop of Manchester who was announcing that they're going to start experimenting with new technology to help ease the workload of vicars. And I thought, that sounds great because I could do with my workload eased and my burden lifted a little bit. And uh, that they're going to start um, buying in and ordering in robots to come and start doing some of our job. You can imagine um, a few people started to get a little bit disgruntled and shocked and appalled at the idea of this. And then, uh, and of course it was an April Fool's joke, the other piece of news that uh, I saw this morning on a website was the announcement that the Church of England is considering a report to start baptising animals. And um, yes, again, we're not going to go into a debate about uh, the doctrine of creation or our environment, but um, nonetheless it was quite amusing that came out. And uh, who, maybe some of the grown-ups, does anybody remember the spaghetti tree sketch? Hands up if you remember the spaghetti tree. There's three people remember the spaghetti tree for uh, when the BBC produced um, a spoof documentary on the 1st of April about how uh, spaghetti grew on trees and had to be harvested at particular times of the year. Uh, a few years ago, I was listening to the radio and uh, they had a new remix version of the Archers theme tune. Um, again, this is probably a culturally going to go way past some of our heads but uh, it was a kind of techno version of the Archer's theme tune. And uh, the number of complaints that the BBC received about the idea of changing the theme tune to the Archer's to reach a younger generation was like record numbers of complaints. And of course, it was an April Fool's joke. April Fool's, it's sort of an appropriate day to be celebrating Easter, I think. Because I wonder how Mary and Simon Peter and the other women and the other disciple felt when they got to the tomb. Is this some kind of joke? Is this some kind of bad joke? Is this an April Fool? Is this something, is this as a skit or a sketch gone wrong? Has someone played a trick on us? We came here to prepare Jesus' body for burial and 
the stone is rolled away and, it, and he's gone. Who is playing this trick? What's going on? And of course, actually, it's also appropriate that we're celebrating Easter on this, the 1st of April, on April Fool's Day, because the Bible says that the gospel, this good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, is a kind of foolishness, foolishness to the world. This is what St. Paul says. He says, he says in uh, 1 Corinthians 1, Since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. In other words, God is saying, this is all upside down. It's not by your own logic or your own reason that this is happening. This is my way of doing things, my foolishness. It goes on and says, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. It makes no sense to talk about a resurrected God, a resurrected king. It doesn't make sense to what people were looking for. Then it goes on and says, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Now, I want to suggest today in our talk uh, that some things which seem foolishness to us are actually the way that God calls us to live. Some things that make no sense to us, some things that seem foolish are actually the way that God wants us to live. Let me tell you the first one of these things which seems a little bit foolish. If you want to keep something, let it go. If you want to keep it, let it go. That's the first message of Easter. If you want to keep it, let it go. Verse 17 in, in John chapter 20 that Bridget read for us just a moment ago always jumps out to me. Mary, when she recognizes Jesus, goes to reach for him. There's lots of portraits and classical pictures of Mary clinging onto Jesus. And Jesus says, do not hold on to me. In the Latin, he says, noli me tangere. You can look up noli me tangere in Google and see all these classical images and pictures of Jesus in the, in the garden, resurrected, and Mary trying to cling onto him. Jesus says to Mary, and remember, Mary has just got there and she's seen her Lord, her God, her friend, her teacher. She was devastated because he died and now he's alive again and all she wants to do is cling hold of him. All she wants to do is hold on to him and keep him there. And Jesus says, don't hold on to me. Don't be clingy. Don't try to grasp me or hold me. He goes on to say that he's got a, a, a mission for her. He says, you have to go to my brothers and yours and say that I'm ascending to my father. So he gives her a job. But imagine for a moment that you lost somebody really precious to you or you lost something, or, and then you found it, you would just want to hold it, wouldn't you? You'd never want to let it out of your sight again. If you've ever lost something precious, and then you found it, you just want to kind of keep it with you all the time. And I think that's probably how Mary felt. She had, she'd found Jesus again, and now she just wanted to hold on to him. But Jesus says, let me go. Don't hold on to me. And, and this is one of the topsy-turvy dynamics of the kingdom of God. The things which are most precious to us, the things that we want to keep, we have to let them go. So I want to talk today a little bit about letting go of life and letting God take hold of you. In other words, I want to talk about death and resurrection, about faith, about trust, and about overcoming the pain 
of loss. Now, some of you have heard me talk in the past about um, the monkey trap, haven't you? You've heard me talk about monkey traps and how sometimes when we hold on to things tightly, they end up trapping us. And I, I've kind of made some monkey traps for us, and I've made them of different sizes so that we can have a little bit of an experiment. And there are in these monkey traps some goodies. So um, let's see, let's have a little go. Um, if you look very carefully, you'll see that amongst that there's some ping pong balls, there's also some, um, there's some little chocolate eggs uh, in these. So let's have a look, let's choose, uh, let's have a go with somebody. Who would like to have a go? Destiny, why don't you come first? Right, why don't you try this one? Can you get your hand in there? Ooh, no, no, okay, we're not going to go too... All right, try this one, try this one. Destiny, Destiny, stay here, try this one. Can you get your hand in there? Okay, can you get it all the way in? Right, hold on to a thing, and now try and get it into your fist, and now try and take your hand out. Oh, you see, she's got a slender hand. Okay, pop it back in. We knew this was going to happen. I'm going to try it with some adults. <laughs> right, uh, let's have a go. Jerry. Can you get your hand into that jar? Go on then. This could go horribly wrong. We've got a hammer at the back just in case. Okay, go on, all the way in, go on. Right, take hold of a ping pong ball. Yeah, that's career success that you're holding. Cling onto it tight. Can you... You're going to have to let it go, aren't you? Oh, God. Go on. This is like April Fool's gone wrong, isn't it? The trick will be on you when I get a real monkey trap and I, like, leave you all tied. Okay. Um, all right. Who wants to humor me with... Uh, okay. I'm going to go around here, too. Okay, let's try this one. This is quite a good one. Okay, now, can you get your hand in there? It might be too tight. No. Smaller hand. It's too tight. Checking hand sizes. Do you want to have a go? Sorry, put you up. Can you get it all the way in? There you are. Hold a ping pong ball. Can you get it out now? No, you can't, can you? It's stuck. You have to let go to get it out. Well done. Give your hand a little squeeze. That's it. Well done. Give her a round of applause for not gaming the system. Thank you, Zara. I've got one for an adult hand. Rosie, let's have a go. Oh, that's too easy for you. Your hands are slender hands. Let's try Rob. I tried this one earlier on, and I could just about fit my hand in. All right, get it in your fist. Make a nice fist. Oh, no. Oh. oh, no, my hand is stuck. Oh, the monkey trap. Oh, no. Thank you so much. Give him a special round of applause. <laughs> Thank you, dear friends, for humoring me with my illustration. The trick is on me. Okay, no, we're going to leave these. We're going to come back to these in a little bit. But you get the idea, don't you? Let's just imagine for a moment that, I don't know, I mean, obviously the chocolate is what you want, but look at these ping pong balls. Imagine that these represented your money, your family, your reputation, your professional success, your status, all the things that are dear to you, maybe your hopes, your ambitions, perhaps even in some cases your disappointments, your past, the things which have become your identity, your story. Oh, I can't do that because I'm just this kind of person. I had a difficult time. I, I, I had, this thing happened to me in the past, and it's just marked me forever. I'm always going to be this way. We hold on to stories about ourselves. We hold on to hopes and ambitions and dreams, and we, we cling them tightly, and we find ourselves trapped. If you want to keep it, 
let it go. Jesus says in Luke's gospel, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Sometimes the things which we love the most, that are most precious to us, we have to be willing to let them go. Let's watch a clip from Big Hero 6. Still a way I can get you both to safety. I cannot deactivate until you say you are satisfied with your care. No, 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 wait, wait. What about you? Are my patient? Baymax, your no. health is my only concern. Stop! No, I, I'm, I'm gonna figure. Are out. you satisfied with your care? No. There's gotta be another way. I'm not gonna leave you here. I'll think of something. There is no time. Are you satisfied with your care? No! I can't lose you two! Hero, I will always be with you. Satisfied with my care. It's an extraordinary scene, isn't it? something in my eye just at the moment we um we went to see that on uh, holy saturday about four years ago at the cinema and uh, it struck me that it's one of the most extraordinary stories of um self-giving love of sacrifice for the sake of somebody else but the the point i want to make from that clip just now is that hero had to get to the stage where he was willing to say goodbye to baymax he didn't want to let go of baymax he, he thought there must be another way he wanted to cling tightly to baymax but Baymax knew there was only one way for Hero to get to safety. And Hero eventually became reconciled and was willing to let go of Baymax. Now, as the story continues, of course, we find out that there's a kind of resurrection of Baymax that goes on and, and, uh, and, and that actually there's a really joyous ending and Hero gets back all that he lost, but he had to be willing to let it go. It can be painful when we let go of things which we love, things that we've been holding close to us for a long time, things which have been good in our lives but still sometimes need to be let go. If Easter is all about resurrection, 
it is also about death. And as we progress through life, as we go through changes, there are all kinds of deaths that we must face. Last September, Ruth uh, spoke at one of our all-age worship services, and she brought to our attention a passage from John 15. She talks about Jesus being the vine and we being the branches, and then says, God the Father is the vine dresser, the gardener who comes and prunes and cuts and cuts away uh, branches that don't bear fruit, but, and this really struck me, also the Father cuts branches that do bear fruit so that they might become more fruitful. Even good things, even things that we delight in, even things which we have cherished and loved, sometimes God says, let it go. I'm cutting it away so that I can do something new, so that there can be more fruit. That actually has been our experience in this church to some extent over the last few months, and it's just worth reflecting on this Easter Sunday, on the kind of death and resurrection process that we've been going through a little bit. We've had uh, dearly loved people who have been part of our ministry team and church who have uh, left us. They've moved on to new roles or uh, God is calling them to do something new. So we've said goodbye to Jono and to Steve and to Julian from our ministry team. They've left. Things that maybe we've cherished have ended or changed in some way and it's painful. There is no change without loss, and there is no loss without pain. Even change which is good change still comes at a cost and comes with some pain and some kind of loss. How on earth, then, can you have faith when you're losing things? How on earth can you keep looking forwards? My um, dad came to visit us a couple of weeks ago, and while he was here, he went outside and pruned our wisteria, and he cut it right back, like way beyond what I would have had the courage to do. And he said to me, it will grow again. It will grow again. This will simulate more growth. And, uh, and I have faith, actually, in the powers of my wisteria to grow back and to grow longer and stronger but it still can be hard when everything is cut back and looks bare. Our hopes, our dreams, our fears, our ambitions, our disappointments, all of these can be balls in the jar. All of these can be things that we cling to so tightly that we cannot escape their grasp. We become enslaved, even entombed. We are trapped. And Jesus calls us to die with him that we might rise with him. If you want to keep it, let it go. Okay, so what then comes after that? Well, here's the other message of Easter. Once we have let things go and our hands are empty, open hands can receive a gift. Let's try this. Who's got an open hand? Get your hands open. Put them up. Right, forget about the ping pong ball. There you go. Anyone else got an open hand? There you go. Drop the ping pong balls. Anyone else got an open hand? You've got an open hand. There you go. Who else has got an open hand? You've got an open hand. See, open hands are best for receiving gifts. Don't worry. Fret you not. There's more. Who else has got an open hand? Anyone else? Drop the ping pong balls. And... Anyone else an open hand? You've got an open hand. I see an open hand. Okay, let's have the ping pong balls back in that one. Quick. 
Ping pong ball's back in there. Let's see, has anyone else got an open hand? You've got an open hand. You've got an open hand. You've got an open hand. Who else has an open hand? Open hands are good for receiving gifts, right? Okay. Open hand. Oh, there you go. Open hand. Just one. Who else has got an open hand? Because, you know, parents, this is my special Easter gift to you. Charge up your children with chocolate, send them home. See if that's not going to happen enough already today. Okay, let's have the ping pong balls back in there, please. And if you haven't got one, don't worry, fret you not, because there's more. Ruth, could you do the honours and make sure that every open hand on the rug. Now this, children, is the moment where you realise that coming and sitting on the rug has a real benefit. Any last takers for the rug? Yeah, I can see a couple of people moving. John Calvin said this, Faith is the empty hand we hold out to Christ and that he fills with himself. Faith is the empty hand that we hold out to Christ and that he fills with himself. When we've let go of all the things that we're clinging to and we simply have open, empty hands, faith enables us to stretch out our hands to Christ and he fills them with himself. And this is what John Calvin says, uh, the impulse and the strength to stretch out the hand come from the Spirit and it is the Spirit who through our faith fills us with Christ. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes Christ real to us in our lives. We're going to be celebrating that even more in 50 days' time at Pentecost. But you know, if, you, if you're not sure if you're somebody who has been filled with the Holy Spirit, well, keep on praying, earnestly pray for the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the strength and the impulse to stretch out your hand to Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the one who makes Christ real to you. The Holy Spirit is the one who will fill you with faith and hope and love. Faith itself is a gift from the Holy Spirit and it can only be received by your empty hands. Christians believe in God who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We're celebrating Jesus especially today. But can I appeal to you that if you have never prayed for the Holy Spirit to come and fill your life, then today at the end we'll pray earnestly that the Holy Spirit would fill you so that you can receive this gift of faith afresh. We don't have the strength to generate our own faith. Our hands are not strong enough to cling to Christ. Instead, we need simply to reach out our open hands and for God to grip us himself. The preacher Tim Keller uh, said that if you were to imagine you were out walking along a cliff and you stumbled and fell and you grabbed hold of a, a, a tree root or a vine that was sticking out from the edge, it's not just a question of how strong your grip is, it's also a question of how strong is that root and that vine. Makes sense, doesn't it? If you grab hold of something and you hold it really firm and it just peels away in your hand, it does you no good at all. The question is, how strong is the vine that we grip? How strong is the God who holds us? We don't have strength alone to save us. We have empty hands and we need to be rescued. Let's watch a clip from Toy Story 3.
the claw. We all need the claw to scoop down and rescue us, right? We all need the claw to come and rescue us. The message of Easter is, not, is that we are rescued not by our own strength, not by our own wisdom, but in the foolishness of God by his own generous gift, by him coming and rescuing us. So Easter is not just about faith in the resurrection, though it is certainly about that, but it's also about the resurrection of faith in us. Let me say that again. It's not just about faith in the resurrection, though it certainly is that. It's about the resurrection of faith in us. Though the night has been dark, the dawn breaks. Though the winter has been long and cold, spring is coming. We need not cling to the past. We need not grip tightly to the things which are precious to us. Instead, we, we let go and open hands receive a gift. I believe that the message of God to me, and I hope the message of God to each of us today, is those things which have been hard, those things which have been tough in your life, those fears, those hopes, those worries, those hurts, those pains, those losses. Let them be put to death with Christ and trust that you will be resurrected with him. Let faith arise in you again by the work of the Holy Spirit. Faith and confidence and trust in God's goodness. It can be hard It can be hard when things are difficult, things look tough, when you're not enjoying your work, when relationships at home are a continual strain, when you're always worrying about money, when you don't know whether you're being passed over at work, when you're unsure of your status. So many things in life are difficult. So many things are hard. But let them go and let Christ resurrect the gift of faith in you. Let go of the things you love and let love take hold of you. Let go of the things you love and let love take hold of you. Should we stand and pray?